Thank you, Mike. Thank you, worship team. A special welcome to those who are visitors with us today, particularly if you're friends and family with some of the people that are being baptised this morning. I've promised uh, that I'm only going to give a 15-minute sermon because there's a lot happening today. And I'm going to start off by um, looking at baptism from different perspectives and then I just want to talk about what baptism really means to us. It's interesting here in Topol when it comes to baptisms because it's great that you've got three in the pool and uh, three in the lake. I'm just super happy that no one decided to get baptised in the river because I've had to bring three changes of clothes with me today and I'm running out of clothes. <laughs> A Christian author and um, pastor is called uh, R.T. Kendall. And he tells a story of his neighbour, Mick, when he was a little boy. He says, Our neighbours never went to church. They smoked, they drank heavily, they used bad language. But one day their 16-year-old son, Mick, was going to be baptised. On the way to the church, Mick said, I'll be glad when this is all over. I've been trying to live straight all week. And I haven't even used bad language. After tonight, I won't have to worry anymore. After I'm baptised, I can live as I please. I can go back to the old way of life I lived before. But I'll be saved. People will do whatever they can to get to heaven. People water down the Christian faith these days to make things like baptism as easy as possible. When uh, we were in Azerbaijan, um, one night I was asked to speak at youth group about baptism. And so I shared with the group about baptism, and, and there were about 60 there, and I said, how many of you want to be baptised? And about 20 of them put their hands up. And in that church there were probably 40 missional families, but they were from many, many different denominations. And later on I found that one of the missionary wives had gone around those 20 and said to the, those that had been christened as babies, you don't have to be baptised, you know. And so instead of baptising 20, we ended up baptising six. But I knew that some of those that wanted to be baptised, the main reason they wanted to be baptised was because they wanted to declare their faith. They wanted to put their hands up and say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation. There's two things we need to do to become a Christian. First, we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus died and was raised from the dead. The second is we confess that with our mouth. And baptism is the best way to do that. It takes courage to be baptised. But by getting dipped in that pool or in the lake today, you're saying to us all, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I believe in Jesus. I'm doing this act of obedience for him. 
And so that baptismal service was this, the week before we left. And in that service where the six were baptised in a swimming pool afterwards, I said, look, if you have never declared your faith before other people, if you've never publicly declared that you are a believer in Jesus Christ, will you please stand? And several of those who were baptised as infants, whose parents didn't want them to get baptised again, stood up and indicated that. And I was really pleased to see that. We've got to ask ourselves, is our theology based on the Word of God? Because unfortunately today, people watered down the Christian faith. Instead of doing what we're supposed to do, instead of doing what the Bible says, we change things to make it easier. If you were given a New Testament and told to take that away and read it and answer the question, what does the Bible say about baptism and what is the biblical way of being baptised, there is no, there's only one answer. Every New Testament believer was baptised by immersion. There was no such thing as a believer in the New Testament who wasn't baptised. I just want to share with you a reading from Brian Archer's book because it shows you the power of baptism. So this guy's a missionary in Papua New Guinea and he's going to take a baptismal service and this is what happened. He says, By the time I arrived at the village, the signing and testimonies were well underway. Looking around, I saw all the Christians sitting on the grassed area in a close group. Around the meeting ground were hundreds of other village people with the men in traditional dress. Everything went well until it came to the time to go down to the river and baptise the believers. Suddenly, bows and arrows, spears, axes and knives all appeared and the men barred our way. They threatened to kill us if we tried to baptise their people. Papua New Guineans don't make idle threats. So we all sat down and began to hear from different village leaders as they gave their views on the matter. Next slide. Slowly the truth emerged. The objection to the baptism was this. The warriors said, you can have your meetings and build your churches, and we don't mind our people joining your church, but if you baptise them, then they are like dead men to us. They no longer want to join in our spiritual dances and traditional practices or be involved in the fight that we have planned for later on this year. You can do what you like except baptise them. We have seen that this baptism cuts them off from their traditional spirits and ways. Baptism is extremely important. Satan will do everything he can to stop you from being baptised. Just like those 20 people that wanted to be baptised. 14 of them didn't get baptised. Why not? What have you got to lose through being baptised. Even if you were baptised as an infant, we celebrate infant dedication in this church, but we believe in baptism by immersion of believers. And that says that once you become a Christian, you confess your faith to 
your friends. And I'll explain the power of that shortly. In Azerbaijan, there were two Korean missionaries, and they led two local guys to the Lord. And these two guys wanted to be baptised. Now, there's a big difference between baptising people in an international church where they're English people who are living in Azerbaijan. But it's a much more difficult thing to baptise a local who is living in a secular Muslim country. And so when we baptised locals, we would baptise them in bathtubs in their buildings or a spa pool or something like that because if we were proselytizing and converting people from Islam to Christianity, we would be in serious trouble. Well, after these two Korean guys baptised these two local people in the Caspian Sea, one of them came up to us and said, you shouldn't have done that. Unless you pay me some money, I am going to go to the authorities. I'm going to go to the police and you're going to get into trouble. And they'd arranged that one of their friends took a photo of that baptism taking place. And this missionary, he said, well, I'm not going to give you anything. And he, him and his mate were both deported. They were sent out of the country. We had a, quite a few Azeri people would come to our church and there was one particular woman who was quite glamorous and she would come up to me and target me after every service. Then she told me that she'd become a Christian and that she wanted to be baptised. Would I baptise her in this bathtub in the bathroom of a friend of hers that was a Christian? And I'm thinking, gosh, imagine if I got caught in a bathroom of a young Azeri woman. I mean, that wouldn't just be a quiet deportation. That would be put all over the Western news, that I'm in that country proselytizing, or that I had committed this terrible offence. And I just did not have a peace about that. And I said, why don't you get one of the local pastors to baptise you? Oh, I want you. And thankfully, um, I felt troubled about that and I wasn't prepared to take that step. A few years ago, we had a baptismal service in Tauranga. There were six year 12 students that wanted to be baptised and we were going on a mission trip to Borneo up the Burham River. And so we're baptising these six 17-year-olds, 16 and 17-year-olds. And after we baptised these six people, one of their mates jumped into the pool and he says, I want to be baptised as well. Will you baptise me? I said, no. I said, this is a celebration of our church community, of our church family. If my son was at your church and he jumped into your pool and got baptised, I wouldn't be very happy about that. So you need to go to your church, to your pastor, and ask him to baptise you. There's an old, that old hymn, you know, it's interesting. In our baptismal services, we ask people to, to pick a song. So after they're baptised, we sing a song, a verse of a song. And I was interviewing someone for baptism and I was thinking about some of the old hymns that we used to sing 
back in, in my day. And uh, the old hymn that's on the screen, it says, I'm not ashamed to own my Lord or to defend his cause. Maintain the honour of his word, the glory of his cross. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. I better stop there. But we all know it. And, and it's a beautiful song. And the words are really powerful. You know, we all have a carnal nature and a godly nature. And it's like there's two dogs that are inside of us and they're fighting. Is the good dog or the bad dog going to win? We go through life and we hear one voice saying, do this, and it's a bad thing. We have another voice, a quieter voice, that says, do that. And we know that that's the Holy Spirit. But you know, when we become a Christian, we actually die to our old nature. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. The life I now live, I live in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so when we are baptised, we're actually burying that old nature under the water. We're getting rid of that bad dog that wants us to do all of the bad stuff. And, and so we're, it's like when Jesus died, he was buried but then he rose from the dead. And so baptism signifies death and resurrection. We die to our old way of living and we rise up into new life in Christ. And some people, teenagers, they think, oh gosh, that's no good. How can I do that? It means I'm going to miss out on all those exciting things that all my mates are doing. But the reality is that when you decide that you're going to live your life for God, and you listen to his voice and you obey him, the life he leads you in is really exciting. And you will feel the peace of God when you're doing the right thing. But if you're doing the wrong thing, you feel troubled. And so if you can live by the Spirit, if you can listen to the voice of God and allow him to guide you in your journey, then that will have a massive impact on your life. So let's just see those two verses that I was talking about then. Colossians 2.12 For when you were baptised, you were buried with Christ. And in baptism you were also raised with Christ through your faith in the active power of God who raised him from the dead. That power that rose, that gave Jesus his life back that Jesus was raised from the dead, that same power is in you and in I. And Galatians 5 verse 24, And those who belong to Jesus Christ have put to death their human nature with all its passions and desires. The national leader of the Baptist denomination is a guy called Charles Hewlett. And every week he sends out a letter to uh, pastors. And this is an excerpt from his letter to pastors this week. He says, I am thankful for the many stories I am hearing of our churches opening their baptismal pools. Thank you, Jesus, for using the Baptist churches in New Zealand to bring renewal to people's lives. I love hearing these stories. 
Can I ask you to be shamelessly audacious in your services this Sunday? Ask your people, if there, is, is there anyone who would like to be baptised? Pray expectantly and plan an opportunity for them to be baptised before Christmas. Go on, be brave and give it a go. And let me know how you get on. I am praying for you. Just put another couple of verses up. Beginning of Joshua, the children of Israel crossed the Jordan River into the land of Canaan. And Joshua said to the people, he said, Choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. That's a decision that we all have to make. Who are we going to serve in this life? Are we going to serve God or are we going to serve ourselves? And then in John 2 verse 5, Jesus said, Whatever he says to you, do it. And so my question to you today is, what is God saying to you? And if you haven't been baptised, and you want to be baptised, and you know that God is telling you to be baptised, I'm going to do what Charles asked me to do, and I'm going to ask anyone that wants to be baptised at our next baptismal service, put your hands up. No? So, one, two, three. <laughs> Wonderful. So I'm going to write a letter to um, Charles Hewlett, because he's asked me to. I'm going to say we celebrated six baptisms today.